everyone. We are recording episode six of Tape to Tape. It is Tuesday, October 24th. I'm uh, Maria from Watertown. Welcome in. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Welcoming in my co-host, Carolyn. Indeed. Hello, Maria. Uh, how has your week been? How was the first weekend of hockey for you? The first weekend of hockey was extremely eventful. How could it be bad when your team goes out on the West Coast and takes six out of six points? Amen to that. My God. I'm, I was optimistic, but I was not prepared <laughs> for even this, for the literal best start in 86 years for this 100-year-old team. Um. Yeah, I, 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 unbelievable. I will tell you though, tongue in cheek, a lot of people are on, are a little bit on edge over the start by the Boston Bruins. So. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I don't know what they have to worry about unless it's just the continual paranoia that accompanies any Boston Bruins fan and the and our you know start to a season. So, um, we had some new lines, right? Uh, some shakeups uh, as we shaking. Yep. Little yep. shaking and bacon by coach Monty. Exactly. As we expected, we saw some of those practice lines after they headed out West. Um, and sure enough, those lines definitely, definitely debuted. Um, not going to lie. I had to watch the second and third period the next day <laughs> because uh, I believe that was a school night, so uh, it was not staying up until the wee hours of the morning, but um, it was I an interesting... Give, yeah, I hate to give Nesson a plug, but Nesson in two with the Bruins, thank you yeah. when it comes to these West Coast games. Uh, <laughs> I know. I was using um, ESPN, so I don't praise them very often either, so thank God for that <laughs> subscription. Um but yeah, you know, it was interesting. I wasn't really sure what to expect. You know, in our last episode, we talked about how, you know, the first two starts were kind of weird and that we were hoping that, you know, maybe some of that weirdness was all very situational. And it was, you know, um, we had Marshy and Potsy and Geeky together. Um, you know, the fourth line stayed the same. We had a little bit of a jumble up with DeBrusque and Zaka and Pasta, JVR, Coyle and Freddie. So a little bit of shuffling around there. Um, Coyle, you know, in his line, fantastic. Loved seeing Coyle succeed. You know, I agree with all of the hot takes I've heard, at least the positive ones where, you know, Coyle going back down to 3C, it wasn't a reflection on him. Um, rather, I think what we've seen with some of our veterans, kind of like what we talked about last week, maybe they just need a little bit of extra help kind of finding their rhythm. And so Monty is putting them back into either positions or with other players that they've played with in the past, at least to build confidence and to get them, you know, kind of to a place, maybe mentally, you know, just in the game. Um, and I think it's paying dividends, you know, Coyle looked great. The defense looked fantastic. I saw them very, very active. Um, Beecher, I mean, nobody's really talking about him because everyone keeps talking a little bit about about Maddie there because, you know, he's got that nine game. Like, ooh, is he going to make it? Um, but Beecher has been a pleasant surprise. I mean, don't you think? We, we saw him 
throw in some punches this weekend. And I've been very, very impressed. And I think yeah. Brickley has, um, you know, make, making sure that he gives this young man his kudos as well um, during the broadcast. But he he was winning faceoffs. They have him out on the penalty kill. He doesn't appear to to back down from mm-hmm. puck battles. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying watching what what this kid is bringing to 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 that line. And you know, I I think some of the 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 chemistry that Monty was hoping to uh, to have has mm-hmm. been slowly working its way through especially guys that I think he needed to get some guys going. Yeah, like Zaka, Zaka, Coyle, you know, putting them back in some type of familiar role with yeah. players that they've had some longevity playing with, I think has been really helpful for them. I mean, Freddie and Coyle have played together before. Mm-hmm. JVR just seems to be able to 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 play chameleon pretty much <laughs> yeah any situation I, I tell you I, I yeah I really like him what I what I see yeah out of James Van Riemsdyk I mean he's always been a thorn in our side and a pain <laughs> in the ass to, to play against so um I'm glad he's bringing that level of play for us yes as opposed to to against us and yeah you know again the d- d- defense as, as you pointed out was very very active uh, uh-huh. char- you know charlie coyle was um up and down the ice taking shots brandon carlo was was taking shots so um you know i think this is part and parcel of what can help a team's chemistry when you go out on a trip like this and i'm uh-huh. glad that they uh-huh. did it so early in the season and and it was successful yeah yeah, we had some uh you know, there were ups and downs certainly in that particular game. Um it, it almost it wasn't clean. It wasn't no, a clean game for them. No, I you know, it was that one did make me a little bit nervous cuz there were there were stretches where I was like, what what are they doing? Like get it get it together, but you know, all of a sudden once the goals started coming, I mean, I I don't know, it must be just like a confidence thing like who knew that the the Boston Bruins were a team or comprised of a bunch of guys as a team that needed a confidence boost, but even, you know, even they do. And once those goals started coming, my God, I mean, they were almost unstoppable and pasta's one goal. I mean, I watched that replay over and over and over again. I like literally could not wrap my head around how the heck, how did that even become a goal? I don't even know. He was winding it up, and the next thing I know, he's on his butt, and it's a goal. Two, <laughs> two guys on him. I will say, though, it, that was a tremendous goal, but that yeah. was not Pasta's best game. No, no, no. That no. was not his best game. He, you know, made some a couple of ill-advised passes. As he's wont um, to do. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but that, that goal was... Um, mm-hmm was to share, like, I'm getting this puck in the net, even with mm-hmm. two guys, yeah, two guys on me. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a lot of my absolute favorite goal of his, which also came at around this time last season when they were playing against Florida. And he was coming in practically one-on-one, but he had two Florida guys on him, and he kind of starts to go down, and he gets it in on, I think it was probably, was it Spencer Knight at the time? I don't think Bob was playing. So, like, it was very similar. Like, loved it. Loved that that goal. 
But you know who really shined in this game? Brad Marchand. Like, he arrived in this game that his goal absolute filth his playmaking his puck retrieval i mean i early on he practically goaded two players or one player on san jose to make a fairly risky pass a seam pass and landed right on his stick you know i mean he's come on he has arrived he has started the season thrilled couldn't be more happy about that <laughs> yeah and he he needed that you know he, he yeah. needed that um and he's he's demonstrating or demonstrated during this this road trip that he's going to lead by example mm-hmm. which means yes watch me do what i do and play yep. as hard as i do and things good things will happen for us yep. i think besides marshand i thought zaka Mm-hmm. had his best game of the season so far against San Jose. There mm-hmm. there was a back check. I forget what period it was. It was a thing of beauty. Like if Gorgeous. you want to teach young players how to back check, <laughs> have yeah. them watch what Pavel Zaka did mm-hmm. um, in, in the San Jose game because I love me a great back check. Like I yep. love offense, but I love it even more when I see – Offensive players um, go back and mm-hmm. work their butts off yeah. to back check and yeah. help on the on the other end of the house. Yeah. Well, and we lost the king of that, and we seem to be doing all right. That you know his lessons, Bergeron's lessons in defensive play for you know forwards continues to exist. So I, that made me happy to see. Um, that it still is a thing on this team. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we still saw some stupid penalties, especially from guys who know better. I'm, I'm fewer. There were fewer, but Just still. Fractions. Three yeah. more stick infractions. That's your shit Again, together. <laughs> get your crap together, guys. My guys who should know better. Mm-hmm. Coyle, mm-hmm. Marchand, and DeBrusque. Like, what are we doing yeah. here? Mm-hmm. And these are all... You know, Marchand and DeBrusque and Charlie now, too. Penalty killers. Yeah. Yeah. Part of me kind of also wonders, uh, and this half-baked idea just popped into my head, but, you know, we talk about Brad Marchand leading by example. Uh, Maybe that is one of the examples that has uh, rubbed off (laughs) on some of these guys. And that's not an example that we want to encourage. You know what I mean? Like him doing some of this sometimes is not surprising. You know, we saw a little bit of that chippiness and pushing and stuff and like the Anaheim game and whatever. So like some of that is a little bit to be expected from Brad Marchand um, because he's called the pest for a reason. Um, so I don't know, maybe there's just some level of encouragement coming from the captain to be like, you know, watch me. I'm going to be a pain in the ass and they you know, just I, sometimes I, go I too far, goes too far. That, right. <laughs> I, no, I, I can certainly appreciate that as long as it doesn't reach the level that we've seen it reach in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't believe he's going to allow himself to get yeah. to that point again, because that would be a serious regression on yeah. his part. But in terms of laying a foundation for 
you yeah. know, some toughness and some, some, you know, playing with a little bit of snarl. I'm good with that. I'm yeah. good with that. Yeah, definitely. You know, we need some physicality. We need guys, more guys to be those pests, right? We got to have someone take on that role at some point. I mean, when I look at Beecher, I wouldn't call him a pest in the way that, you know, Marshan has been in his career, but I see almost like your classic old school Bruins player in Beecher. You know, when I think about guys from like maybe the 80s or the early 90s, you know, that big bad Bruin. I know that's even a little bit earlier, but like, you know, that guy who's a big guy who's a physical presence, uh, who's not afraid to kind of push and challenge you. Um, so at least I see a little bit of that and I like that. And we, you know, and we've got Luch to that degree yes. as well. Um, yeah. Yep. But then the next day, two days later, uh, we head down to L.A. and we find out that we've got a scratch. <laughs> Jake Debrusque. Oh, God. Jesus, Jake. All I can say is Jesus, Jake. I know. How, how in today's modern ever is anybody <laughs> late for anything? Okay. <laughs> That's just going to be the lamest, I know. lamest, crap-assed excuse <laughs> I have heard. Like just, I know. I, I I don't even have words. I have to say that I don't know if well, whoever was in charge of their social media knew what they were doing when they posted um a canned bit from before the season started where they were interviewing him. It may have even been actually from Nesson, now that I think about it. Um they were interviewing Jake about his inability to pack a suitcase appropriately. And that made me laugh because at least the rumor that I'd heard out on the interwebs was he was late because the man can't pack a bag. I don't know. But there we have it. And okay. I, you I, know. I, I, I can't even with this, okay? <laughs> I can't even with this. You have been a professional hockey player for how long and you don't know how to pack a bag? Please. <laughs> you know, maybe you could look the other way if he had been playing well. But he well, and I think that was, well. I think that was it. And I have to say, you know, I wasn't worried in the very beginning but I was running some stats and some numbers um, ahead of the L.A. game because I have a couple of stats that are like my go to stats when I want to do a gut check. Right. So if I'm seeing a player and I'm like either for good or for bad, um, you know, so for good, for example, with Brandon Carlo, I felt really good things watching him play in San Jose. And as I'm watching him play in LA, I'm thinking to myself, man, he's on fire. He seems really present. He seems really active. Um, you know, he was very much so that way last year, but in my recollection of past seasons, you know, that wasn't always the case. And so like for a defensive player, I go and I um I love to look at uh, the defensive point shares, which is basically just a way of trying to evaluate a player's defensive contributions to their team's performance. So, you know, it takes into account things that are defensive, right? Like block shots, hits, takeaways, things like that. And any player can have a defensive point share, right? Like Bergeron had a very high one for a forward player. He actually had the surprisingly second highest on the team last year because pasta of all people beat him by a tiny margin. Um, and, you know, I looked at that. 
I saw where he is now and it kind of confirmed my that I test. On the flip side, when it comes to four words, especially um, and like offensive behavior, again, defensemen have this as well. I love to look at um, the individual points percentage. And so it's almost kind of a similarly related statistic where it, it looks at the percentage of times that you are basically on the ice and directly contributing to goals being scored, right? So, you know, did you score the goal? Did you assist it? You know, playmaking, all that kind of stuff. And so that's my gut check for that. And I looked up the stats for the whole team. And this is one of those statistics where there's a difference between having a zero as a score for your IPP. It means, you know, you were part of a play that, you know, was generating a chance, but it just didn't convert versus not even being on the board and having no value and no value, because that means you've not even been on the ice when there have been chances. <laughs> uh, and Jake has not had prior to uh, the Anaheim game had not even been on the ice for any solid chances to give him an IPP score. So that was a little bit of a red flag. I was I was maybe in a bit of denial because I want him to succeed. But I was like, oh, no, this is a terrible start of the season for someone who's trying to negotiate a lengthy contract. Um, but it seems like that benching, he took it well, and it lit a fire under his butt because... Holy cow, but we'll get to that. <laughs> Let's talk about LA real quick. <laughs> Super fast game. Loved it. Um, I was excited by that play. I think it was the fastest game I've seen the Bruins participate in thus far this season. The fastest opponent, wouldn't you say? I yes, I would agree with you. And they are big and strong. Mm -hmm. They 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 are built. Um, they are built to let you know that they're there. Yeah. When they lay the smack down on you. So yeah. I understand the hot take on them going far in the playoffs after having watched them. I mean, I watched a little bit of them last season in the playoffs, um, but like not right closely. So I can see it now. They could be contenders in the West for sure. Um, power play again, continuing to improve. Loved it. That puck retrieval by Marshy. Um, Isn't he? Oh, he's unbelievable. Uh-huh. Um, along the wall or just protecting yes. the puck when he's, uh -huh. you know, do, yep. doing his, you know, dipsy doodle. Oh, my um, God. For lack of a more, you know, technical term. Uh, yep. I, it, 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 it's, it's so much fun to watch. So yes. much fun to watch. And it's got to be maddening. Yes. If you're a player on the ice. Yes. Try, trying to free that puck. Oh, yeah. From his grasp. And I stand corrected. That uh, takeaway from him actually happened in this game, not in the San Jose game. I mean, this guy, every time I see him going after pucks, I just think of a rat terrier, right? Like those little dogs that go into those tiny little holes, going after the chipmunks and the squirrels, and they are successful. Getting that thing out of there, right? Um, fantastic. Again, scoring goals, earning points. Geeky, super happy for him. He's another new guy that I really want to see do well. 
Um, I think he's really starting to find his place on the on the on the roster, don't you? I I would agree. And, you know, maybe this is a case of, as many people have said, he didn't really get an opportunity to play. Yeah. To really play Mm -hmm. in Seattle. And maybe, again, you know, sometimes, you know, a change of scenery, you know, Mm -hmm. a different team, a different coach, a different voice. Yeah. You know, line mates who are invested in seeing you succeed and wanting you to succeed makes a significant difference. And look, if, if, if you're not willing to play and play up to the standards of Brad Marchand, right? You know what? I don't want you on this team. GTFO. So, yeah. <laughs> bye bye now. Exactly. Exactly. You know. And again, it's just another one of those things, like we saw with DeBrusque a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, where you put a player that has that kind of potential on a lineup where his teammates are going to demand incredible things from you and you accountability yeah and you want to deliver for them because you respect them and you want to work with them they'll rise to the challenge if they really have it in them and i believed uh before the season started that geeky meant it and i see it in his in his play out there on the ice so that was that was a great game loved that game start to finish um but can we just say though, can we just say because yeah. we haven't talked about our netminders? Yes, Jesus, good are they, and how flipping lucky are we to have those guys, Olmark and Swayman, as a yeah. one-two punch? I don't care who's one. I don't care no. who's two. One <laughs> A and one A. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just don't care. Yeah, yeah, it's. We are just overflowing with talent in that net. I mean, how many times have they literally saved the game? Because, you know, consistency out front, game, you know, the gameplay out on the ice can ebb and flow. They come in clutch nearly every single time. You know, I'm not mad when I see one go in. I'm like, whatever. That's that's the game of hockey, right? But yeah unbelievable unbelievable to see them just basically pick up right where they left off no no rust no break nothing and how Um, how helpful and how does it make a player feel the confidence that you know even the defenseman to be active Mm -hmm. right knowing that you've got omar and swayman as the last point of defense back there yeah you know, I, I love seeing the defensemen be as active as they are. Sometimes it looked like the wild, wild west during this West Coast trip. I know. You know, so, you know, Swayman and Olmark both had to be on, on top of their game on more than mm-hmm. one occasion. But, you know, what a, what a confidence booster to I know. defensemen who we need them to be somewhat active. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It's... It it sometimes made me a little bit nervous that we were starting to flirt with uh, what they love to call positionless hockey because um, the few times that I would see Chucky behind the opponent's net, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, uh, "Sir, you don't. That's not your home. You you got to go other side." Uh, but like you said, I'm you fine know, fine with that as long as the forward knows that his role is to. Get on the right. point. 
right? Yeah. As long as someone's covering. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, again, having that solid goaltending at that as that last line of defense certainly allows us the luxury and flexibility to have our defensive players so so in the mix you know and it's exciting because it's different i'm you know i haven't seen that kind of hockey at this level because the bruins certainly have never played really this style of hockey in my lifetime as far as i can recall you know i grew up during the trap era so that's what i only remember and so I love it. I think it's exciting and it's a little bit different because you never know who's going to well, score. It, it, it's risk reward, right? And yeah. that's why sometimes there's been a hesitancy with, with you know, previous right. rosters, previous coaches mm-hmm. um, to stray too far from mm-hmm. their. Uh, can't be run and gun. I I don't care what sport you're playing, but. When you seemingly have a roster that might have some limitations from, you know, a a kind of a talent standpoint in terms of you're not quite sure where you're going to get goals from this Mm -hmm. season. Right. Then, you know, you've you've got to enable your defensive core to be a little bit active offensively. They certainly have the talent to do that. You know, McAvoy certainly does. Carlo has that potential, although I know, although I know that's not a normal part of his game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Grizzlick has that potential. I'm going to pause for one second. <laughs> yeah, please do. Start now. So moving on to the game against the Anaheim Ducks. The news wasn't all great um, for the Bruins in that um, they came away from that L.A. game with a couple of um, injury concerns, one of which was Milan Lucic, who um, tried to come out on the ice for warm-ups, and you could clearly see that Mm -hmm. he was struggling with his skating. So um, the, the belief is that he took a puck off of his foot in the LA Kings game, you know, and, and likely true to form, you know, the next later (laughs) that night, the next day, um, you might get some tenderness. You might get some swelling. They did not have a morning skate before the Anaheim game. So it wasn't until they arrived at the rink and you could see him trying to step out on the ice and then immediately go back down into the town. Um, and, from what I've seen and read, it doesn't appear that he's going to be in the lineup for tonight's game against the Blackhawks. But um Yeah, I'm I when I saw that he skated out there and then went right back in, I my first thought is, oh God, we've got a fractured foot. However, I mean, maybe again, this is me being a little optimistic if anybody had any reason to think that it could have been a fractured foot. I mean, I don't know what their medical protocols are, but presumably he had his a picture taken of his foot and maybe it seemed fine and it's just a, a swelling inflammation thing. Maybe they couldn't yet because it was a swelling and inflammation thing, you know. I mean, I'm not I'm not a radiologist, but I, I guess I just have to be hopeful that it's not something that's gonna sideline him for 
a very long time. Um, well, the Bruins have always been, as far as I can remember, um, very cautious with injuries. Um, yeah. So well, maybe this is out of an abundance of caution. Right. You know, um, they're heading back home after the game in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, you know, Lucic is not 20 years old anymore. So, right, right. Um, you know, ho- hopefully they can get through this game in, in Chicago and uh, get him, get him back to Boston. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see him reemerge on a Thursday night when they kick off. Yeah. Stand. Here's hoping. Here's the, hoping. The other, the other injury um, is related to Forbort and it appears to be, um, a injury that was lingering during training camp, which is why mm-hmm. he was very limited. And I think he only played in one game in training camp. Sounds like it's a groin injury. So Shattenkirk slotted in for Forbert yeah. for the Anaheim game, which, you know, again, th- there were, there were, cri- there was criticism about the signing of Shattenkirk. He's been fine. He's, he's been serviceable. Um, he's a smart player. He knows how to handle the puck. He knows what to do with the puck in our own end. And he's not afraid to throw a puck on net, too, offensively. So Exactly. Um, exactly. Well, we had also a scare. Goodness, now all the all, all these late night games are blending into my head. Um, Grizz also took a pretty unfortunate kind of incidental hit, too. Um you know, the kind that you don't like to see as well. So, and yeah, and he's had a little bit of concussion history, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, it's that been a bit, but a yeah. Concerning. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, you and know, he came I back, mean, to his credit, um, yep. he did come back. I'm thinking that was the LA game. It could be. <laughs> thinking that was the, uh, LA Kings, the LA Kings game. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, the Ducks game. So, I, as a rule, I try, I never, Turn off a Bruins game in disgust. However, if it's a really late game and they're not doing great and I'm losing the battle to fall asleep, I don't feel bad (laughs) when I go to sleep. Uh, And that Anaheim game, you know, I watched it the next day. Uh, I went to bed convinced that, all right, here's their scheduled loss, like, I I feel like this is kind of a thing that the Bruins have done over the last few years where they'll play this tremendous game against a really, really good team like they did the night before uh, against L.A. And then they'll go and they'll play a team, for lack of a better word, kind of stinks. And they also stink. (laughs) So I was like, ah, not this again. Um, But, you know. I was pleasantly surprised by that third period when I when I watched it the next day, but it was kind of no, brutal the first two periods. No, and I can't, you know, no no scoring until the third period. You know, the Bruins right off the bat start that Anaheim game shorthanded mm-hmm. 29 seconds into the game. I know. When the captain was called for cross-checking defenseman Euro Vakaninen. So I want I just want to go on a little rant about this. Okay. Please do. Please do. 29 flipping seconds into the game. Eurovacaninen cross-checks Brad Marchant with the official standing right there. Marchant, now again, could you say, Brad, just let it go? 
But no, he's not going to let the likes of a Euro Vakaninen cross-check him. Neither would I. Exactly. Marshy hands him a cross-check. Who gets called for the penalty? Marchand. Brad Marchand. Euro Vakaninen is allowed to skate off to the bench like he's a big man on campus. Thanks. Uh Thanks to the official. This is the kind of crap. All right. This is the kind of, you know, inconsistency, blatant, blatant Mm -hmm. bias that drives me crazy when it comes to NHL officiating. Now, Jake DeBrusque almost, you know, gave Marchand the redemption he deserved (laughs) when you know, he had a breakaway during the penalty kill. <laughs> um, after being scratched, after yeah. being scratched, mind you, he had quite a bit of jump in his game as well he should, as well he should, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, puts one, banks it right off the post. Right. Oh, that was, oh, that was crushing. I, well, I hate when that happens. It's the worst. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, the Ducks, the Ducks, the Ducks took it took it to them. I mean, Linus yeah. had to make 31 saves. Yeah, that's not an easy night by any stretch. And he worked his butt off. He took it seriously. And I think this was just another one of those games where, I mean, I don't know exactly why the Bruins were not, you know, getting it done. Um, but once the scoring opened up, Holy cow. It was a completely different game. That third period was a completely different game. I mean, the first ever NHL goal for Patra was gorgeous. It wasn't like some, you know, little squeaker in like, oh, I don't know, Connor Bedard. It was beautiful. It was a wonderful play. He was in the exact right place. I was thrilled by his first goal and his second goal so and his second goal gets, you know he gets the game winner Proof he did game winner he did you know and i don't know you know i've heard multiple different opinions um about this kid from different folks like oh he's he's got no chance they're not gonna you know they're not gonna burn through his nine days which like why not? <laughs> Honestly, that opinion, I don't understand. Like, why wouldn't you? It's not like he sucks. Who else are they going to really bring in for a forward? But okay. Um, You've got Danton Heinen still <laughs> sitting out what there. The heck is, what is going on? I want to know. I think there's a little bit of a wink, wink, nod, nod situation going on going with Danton Heinen. Because don't you think he, if he had been offered a contract by another team by now, he wouldn't have taken it? Right. Like, is this a cap thing? <laughs> well, it, well, I know the Bruins don't have the cap space to sign him. So I'm not quite sure what they're waiting to happen, to have happen. You know, maybe they're waiting for these nine games um, maybe. To, uh, to fully assess. Did he travel I mean, with them? I, no, I don't think so. I don't think no. he can. No, I, I guess he can't. can't. Not I guess he contract. can't. I know. I guess you're right. I don't know why I thought he did. Yeah, no, no. He's not under contract. So, uh, but you know, that that's a story for another day. But he, Potsy is definitely making a case uh-huh. to stay oh, yeah. with the big boys. Absolutely. And so I would find it hard to believe that after this nine game sample size is over, right? Unless, you know, there's something 
drastically dramatic, the changes uh-huh. in his game, um, that he wouldn't be here with the big club for the yeah. remainder of the season. So, yeah. Um, yep. I don't see and, at this point any reason and why not. I just want to just going back to um, the San Jose game. Mm. All right. People were losing their minds on social media because Monty ended up shortening the bench a little oh, bit in the yeah. period. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about now, that. Maybe, uh, again, I know San Jose stinks, but they weren't, they weren't rolling over and playing dead for the Boston Bruins either. They had some push to their game. Oh, for and sure. I don't think Monty liked what he was seeing. Maybe he didn't like what he was seeing. So he did shorten the bench a little bit. And he had Marshy with Pasta and Zaka for some sh- shifts. And uh, Potsy ended mm-hmm. up missing some shifts. And, you know, the commentary on social media was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, bury the kid on the bench, blah. Okay, no, people, <laughs> all right? Watch the whole game. Right. Watch the whole game. That's called strategy, people. All right? <laughs> Just watch the whole flipping game before you want to go after a coach for doing what is his job. Which yeah. is all right. He's trying to win a hockey game, right? No matter <laughs> He's what, to it win takes. a hockey game, right? Right. Not preserve feelings, not make friends. Like, yeah, that's exactly it. So, that's exactly that's all it. I have to say about yes. that. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, I gotta say, you know, after watching these games and seeing, uh, there's this. Uh, Again, I don't remember who's posted it, but keeping track of who is still undefeated and the fact, and I think we talked about this last week, how you know, the Bruins were there and we're like, uh, they've only played two games. But, you know, now we're starting to catch up with the number of games under our belts and the three teams that are still standing. Uh, so to all those haters out there who said that the Bruins were going to blow a, a tire at the start of the season... Yes, I am aware it is still October. However, suck it. <laughs> Come on. You can't deny I, I think if what you see knows anything about hockey. I know. They know that this this is this Boston Bruins team is a good team. They're still they competitive. Are, they should be. They should be um one of the top three teams. And they are in their division. Right yeah. now, they're the second best team um, in the league. Now, again, mm-hmm. only five games in. I understand right. that. Okay? Yeah. But right now, you only have three undefeated teams yeah. in the league. The Vegas mm-hmm. Golden Knights, the Boston Bruins, and the Colorado Avalanche. Right. Now, the, the, the rosters, you can't even compare the rosters of the Vegas Golden Knights and the Avalanche to the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. So I would argue that what they're doing right now is is significantly better mm-hmm. based on the roster that they have. Yeah. So is it sustainable? Who knows? We don't Do know. I want it to be sustainable? I yeah, certainly absolutely. don't even want to hear about the President's Trophy ever again. Okay? <laughs> ever again. Let absolutely. someone else take that trophy. Absolutely. And so... Tonight, it's the start of our Frozen Frenzy. That's going to be interesting. I, I I think you and I are in agreement that we applaud the league for coming up with something a little bit different to try and get people excited. You know, I think it's going to be a great way to show anybody who either thinks hockey isn't exciting 
to those people, I say, please go get your vision checked. Um, and to new folks to the game, to see at least all the best parts. Like, yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. Um, I hope it goes really well. I'm going to be intrigued to check it out because, you know, tonight's Bruins game is also on ESPN. So it's going to be the Connor Bedard show again. So again, I'll be still. poking my eyes out. It will be all season long. Let's just <laughs> let's just say it as it is. It will be the Connor Bedard show all yep. season long. But I, I I like the the idea of what the NHL is doing. It's their version of the red zone where, you know, you're going to be able to go to live scoring plays. And, you know, that's that's what gets fans right. exactly. excited. Yes. Touchdowns, goals, um, home runs. So, you know, why not give it a try and see what kind of a response you get? Yeah. Um, I would love to see this. But then also, um, you know, some of our favorite uh, hockey personalities, like I know the guys who are doing it tonight, um, you you remember better than I do. <laughs> Who's actually hosting tonight? Um, hosting tonight is, um, I believe it's Kevin Weeks. Oh, great. And, and John Buchagrass. Okay. So this could be good. Very seasoned, very seasoned yeah. um, NHL. Uh-huh. analysts and they've got personality and it, it, be entertaining yes yeah yes. you know i what i you know i uh the red zone you know i'm i don't really watch any other sports hockey is my jam but i know about it and i've seen some of the things that espn and some of the other channels do to kind of bring in the audiences and you know when the um the Manning brothers are doing their thing with football and they're watching the game kind of together. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah, it's kind of funny to me because I think, you know, you know, not only is it two famous football players that oh, pretty much everybody knows, but they're brothers. So that chemistry that they have is funny. I love it. So, like, I definitely want to see something like that with hockey. Um, that would be a lot of fun, too. So I'm optimistic. I think it's going to be good for the league. You know, they need all the help they can get because... Well, I think in terms of, you know, yeah, I mean, if they want to continue to grow the game and keep up with um, the progression that other mm -hmm. leagues yeah. are exhibiting, then, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you've, you've got to give this this type of uh, an event an opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Especially when many times it seems like with the league, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing because they have these initiatives, these projects, you know, these things that they're funding to try and grow the game. And then they turn around and then do things that are blatantly isolating the game away from people that they're trying to attract. Um, you know, for our little uh, around the rink, what the chirp, I think the hottest tea dropped literally today. Uh, the result of um, Travis Dermott's pride tape. Um, I believe he wore that on his stick Saturday. Saturday. Right? So mm -hmm. he d he went against um, went against the NHL rules mm -hmm. because they had give, given all of the controversy that occurred last season mm -hmm. with players um, refusing. Or being uncomfortable, you know, wearing mm -hmm. pride jerseys that, you know, in the league's infinite wisdom, mm. banned everything. Let's just ban everything. Okay. Yeah. 
And so Travis. Well, and then they took it a step further and explicitly banned pride tape, which pride tape, correct? Blatantly, I mean, in my opinion, you know, homophobic because it was you are signaling yes, and and that now that makes me uncomfortable. So right, Right. like um, really. I guess hockey and, isn't for everyone. Right. So what yeah, what we're what what are you doing with your slogan there? How is right. that an effective right. use of right. your slogan? Right. So Travis McDermott decided that he was going to take it upon himself to tape his stick mm-hmm. before the Coyotes home opener on Saturday with pride tape. Mm-hmm. Now he he didn't share this with his coaches. From what I've read, he didn't mm-hmm. share it with his coaches. He didn't share it with his teammates. Mm-hmm. He felt like he was being a little bit sneaky when it came to the equipment managers. But yeah. he felt like he needed to take a stand because yeah. he felt as if his voice as a player was being taken away from him. And for yeah. that, I applaud him Absolutely. for doing that. Yeah. I applaud him for doing that. And as a result of Travis McDermott, Taking this stand, there was a tweet today mm-hmm. from Pierre Lebrun mm-hmm. indicating that um, they rescinded the ban. Yep, the ban. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's it's a no brainer. So it's good for you, Travis. Fruit. Good for you. Exactly. Absolutely. You know, and. Um, I didn't realize that he didn't tell anyone. <laughs> I thought that he was the one who just volunteered to, you know, go out on the limb for the team because I'd heard, I believe Pierre has written uh, multiple articles about this particular topic um, on the athletic um, and in their hockey podcast, he's talked about it a bit too, where, you know, there's been rumors that there have been teams who have been, you know, buying up the tape and maybe had other plans, but, He's the one who went out first and was like, what are you guys doing? And so I'm glad that that that's uh, at least that ridiculousness has been resolved. And, you know, the game hockey is going to continue to struggle with a lot of this kind of stuff because I don't know what that means You need need to be inclusive. (laughs) Right. What are we doing here? And you know what? And again, for me, philosophically, Mm -hmm. I have a problem when someone says to me, I can't express my opinion or my thoughts about something. I don't particularly care where you stand on an issue. Mm -hmm. I still think you have a right to express yourself, providing that you do it in a safe and a respectful manner. There was no harm in what Travis McDermott did to make, he wrapped, he wrapped tape on his rainbow tape right and when i read the article too it sounded uh, this was an article from the athletic he Mm -hmm. sounded a bit surprised that no one from the league had contacted him about the blatant violation and i'm wondering if it was as a result of them saying you know maybe we ought to rethink this because now i think right we're going to raise a whole nother hornet's nest right we take disciplinary action against this kid. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, to your point exactly, last season, like, I understand it was controversial. Some of the 
players' responses. Um, you know, I have my own opinions about how I think some of those players were behaving, but they were at the end of the day allowed to not participate, you know, or they were applauded by segments of the community for, you know, taking a stand and not wanting to participate in Pride Night. Like, I don't personally agree with that, but like, they were not forced to participate in Pride Night, but now you are preventing people who want to participate in some way from doing it. Like, it it makes no sense to me. So I'm thrilled, and I hope to see more Pride tape out there because this league and the game needs to continue to grow and attract, you know, people from all backgrounds and everywhere to this game because it's a it's a fantastic game and I love this sport and oh, it makes me sad every single time I hear the the slogan hockey is for everyone except when it's not basically except so. when it's not convenient for the league exactly so to deal but to deal with you know some yeah some public relations um matters Exactly. So, um, so that 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 was to me that's a significant piece yeah. of news. Yeah. Um, just just quickly to wrap up our our tea segment, um, <laughs> we've had uh, the first, I believe, mm. the first big NHL yes. player safety suspension of the season. Yeah. Where Rasmus Anderson of the Calgary Flames, mm-hmm. he's a defenseman. He's been suspended for four games without pay Oof. for charging Blue Jackets forward Patrick Line. During Mm -hmm. a game on, I believe it was Friday night. Um, It's going to cost Mr. Anderson $94,000 and change of his salary. (laughs) Thanks for playing. Thanks for checking in. Like, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And again, we've talked about this. Like, hits to the head. I'm always in favor of throwing the book at any player. Like, it's 2023. What are you doing? What are you doing, sir? Uh, yeah, absolute right call. Absolute right call. Yeah, I mean it was pretty blatant. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yep. I just, I just, I just don't understand where a player's thought process is mm-hmm. in a situation like this. I understand the game is emotional; it's mm-hmm. fast, you mm-hmm. know. But like, he, he yep. made no effort, and yep. you know. Credit to credit to the Blue Jackets players for trying to, you know, immediately going after, you know, yeah, after Anderson because Line is is a star player. Yep. For yeah, the, for the Blue Jackets. So absolutely. Um, yeah. So hopefully, yep. message has been sent across the league. The other big news came out of uh, Edmonton, mm-hmm. where it appears that the Oilers will be without Connor McDavid mm-hmm. for a week, potentially two weeks as if they don't have enough issues there with the sky is already falling. And the right. fact that both dry and McDavid um, apparently made statements to the effect that it's cup or bust for the Oilers this season. Um, so that, that is not the news um, yeah. that they wanted. And honestly, I, I don't, I don't see where this team is going to go if they don't get some goaltending. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with any of these teams that seem to put all of their eggs in one basket. And at the end of the day, that 
those eggs don't include goaltending. You know, you've heard me say it before and I'll say it again. It's the goaltending and defense that wins cups at the end of the day. And like, you have to have that. You have to have that. I look at Toronto. Great. You've got Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. Fantastic. Who's your goalie? Okay. Point proven. Uh, Edmonton. Great. You've got McDavid. Okay. And who's your goalie? Chicago, you've got Bedard. Super, who's your goalie? Like, I- I'm sorry. Uh, not everyone can have a, you know, Swayman and <laughs> Lena's Allmark. Um, but you got to have someone <laughs> who's at least remotely close or who can get hot. You know, right, Bob you last the, season. Get all the scoring power you want. But if you're scoring four or five goals a night, and you have the potential to give up that many. Right. I'm not really sure that's a recipe for success. Yeah. No, for, exactly. for an entire season. So, no. um, but, yeah. you know, again, it's a, it's unfortunate to have a player mm-hmm. of his caliber. Hopefully it will be less than two weeks because yeah. he is, in my view, still must see TV. Mm-hmm. I, I have never seen a skater skate as mm-hmm. fast as he does, as McDavid does, and make it look so easy. Yeah. Yep. And he might be missing out on the uh, the Heritage Classic, which is kind of a bummer because I I actually, just as a hockey fan, I'm looking forward to that. I remember the original one uh, 20 years ago. Um, so, you know, that's a bummer. But lots of good uh, players out there to watch uh, in that game, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, so that's where we're at. Um, they play Chicago tonight, and we've got we've got who else on the horizon real quick? They come home on uh, Thursday night mm-hmm. um, to play the Anaheim Ducks. Yep. And then I'm trying to remember because I'm going to both of those games. Oh, uh, yes, I am. And then they have the surprising Detroit Red Wings. Yes. On Saturday night. They mm-hmm. have a five and one record right now. So yeah. you know, I'm Who not knows? sure how sustainable that is for the Red Wings, but um uh-huh. yeah, the those um that Red Wings game should should be should be a good tilt. Yep. And I certainly expect, unfortunately, in the next couple of games a scheduled loss because we gotta prep for it. But remember, sky's not falling. <laughs> It's no, not the end. Not, no, no, they're not going to stay undefeated. Nor do I think any of us want them to be undefeated after yeah. um, last after, season. Yeah, last <laughs> season. So, but yes, I I would imagine that. Um, I I have tonight as the potential for a loss, maybe. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. I might have my money on uh, Anaheim on Thursday night. Yeah, yeah. Because Chicago's um, actually really, really we'll bad. Have to see, we'll have to see which one of us um, is right when we record again next week. Indeed. So until then, everybody, go bees. Go bees. And uh, please don't forget to uh, rate us on Spotify. And again, if uh, you have any questions, you can send them to me on uh, Twitter X at Maria of H2O Town. Awesome. Thanks, everyone.